Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. guys welcome back to episode five of glee on the rocks we are uh, talking about the roads not taken roads with an h and no a and an e basically spelled completely wrong anyway so the roads not taken uh which is the fifth episode of glee uh premiered september 30th 2009 and was written by uh ian brennan and directed by john scott the episode was watched by 7.3 million people and uh, received mostly positive reviews. Um, in particular, the uh, musical member, Somebody to Love, received praise uh, saying it was the best musical number since the staging of Journey's Don't Stop Believing in the pilot episode, which we can talk a little bit about later. Uh, and so just giving you a quick background on uh, the plot for this episode in case you've forgotten. So Will thinks the New Directions desperately need more of an edge as Rachel thinks about defecting to the school musical. So he brings in his former high school crush, April Rhodes, guest star Kristen Chenoweth, to spice things up. Will's plan seems to be going smoothly until he realizes he may be losing a key member of the club. Meanwhile, Finn flirts with Rachel in an attempt to convince her to return. And although Rachel is angry when she discovers Quinn is pregnant, she ultimately rejoins the club. That's a very top-of-the-line overview of some of the craziness that happens in, uh, in this episode. So let's, let's, let's jump right into it. I mean, it sounds crazy, with, uh, but it's like a normal episode. It's true. It's crazy by normal. It's normal by Glee. Um, we just want to jump into uh, Will since he's at the beginning of this and how Will is a terrible person in the continuation of our Will is a terrible person series. Well, it is true. Will is a terrible person. Person <laughs> and teacher. And teacher, yeah. Um, his idea to bring in an adult, no matter how her mind may not be as, I'm not going to say her mind isn't, isn't an adult mind. But like, even though she seems far more immature, the fact that he's like, let's bring, let's bring an adult in and put them in the Glee Club. Like, it's it's just another symptom in my in my view of wow, Shu does not understand that the point of this Glee Club and the focus of this Glee Club should be on you know the kids, considering how he keeps trying to revisit his own uh high school career 
through I mean, even his friend. He doesn't understand the point of the Glee Club, and he also doesn't understand the people in it. Because at That's what true. point in however long he's been captain of this ship does he think anyone would be comfortable bringing in yet another talented outsider when the dynamics of the group are already tenuous at best? But no, no, let's bring in someone even more talented. I mean, he also doesn't really know how to think like an adult to begin with. And a lot of his motivation seems to be because he had a crush on her when he was a teenager. And even though he is married with a wife and already another woman that he has a thing for, why not? And and potentially a baby, because he does not know at this point there isn't one. Yeah, he still thinks uh, that he's got a kid on the way and he's going to bring his old crush back into the picture on top of his current crush on top of his wife on top of his fake baby yeah horrible person so it's a leaning tower of bad decisions (laughs) oh have we named an episode already that was fast (laughs) (laughs) leaning tower of bad decisions he isn't the only one making those yep i'd say that shit Uh, I'm gonna laugh over here on the on the outside and just and just laugh. But yes, a lot of those happening. So yeah, he's just a continual nightmare as far as an adult goes. Any of his choices are bad. If you ever think to yourself, "Hey, I think Shu did this once," go, "Wow, I need to do the exact opposite of this." Or kind of, alternative, do do the other thing. I'd actually kind of like to know how the conversation with Principal Figgins went about bringing a 30-year-old woman who didn't graduate high school back to school. I mean, considering the conversation about bringing back someone who was fired for inappropriately touching teenage boys obviously went, I guess it's not surprising. doesn't seem to be an issue with Figgins. Just sure. Wide open doors. Or they're just not asking Figgins. I mean, I could also see that asking or they're just doing it and Figgins doesn't know. Figgins just might not know. This is true. And it's not like she stays very long. This is why Figgins never got involved with anything at McKinley. Because every time he turned around, something different was happening. And he was like, I can't keep track of all this shit. Or who is... What is going on? He's just trying to keep the lights on. Trying to keep the lights on. Trying to keep sex riots from happening. That... I mean, he's very busy. Busy, busy man. Keeping people off his couch. Keeping people from stealing his couch. <laughs> Eventually failed at that one. So yeah, the the uh, overall takeaway with with this is just the uh, shoe continues to be a hot mess. Never, never making good decisions. Um, Mandy, your your point about about Ryerson, very I I, I very much enjoy that. And when I say enjoy, I mean it's it, it's it's a love hate how he's still there. It just sort of like boggles the mind. You talked about it briefly before. Yeah, it's just another example of how this show has really, really strange ideas of how adults should act and how adults should interact with teenagers. Especially in a position of power. Not just interact, but have uh, authority over. Yeah, and there's there's definitely um, in this episode... uh, a few different examples of how the student-teacher relationships are weird, the adult-teenager relationships are inappropriate, and also how the show is kind of, like, subtly sexist with what would be seen as inappropriate and what wouldn't. Because there is the scene where April's trying to 
kind of get everyone on her side and it, it basically heavily implies that she had sex with Pup to, to make him okay with her being in the club. Yeah. And like and, and we are to presume that she and Chu were in the same class. They are the same age. Uh and that definitely like wouldn't fly if well, if it were like She's even older. She's she was a senior and oh, that's uh, right. she yeah. was a junior, so or a, a freshman. Yeah, and so it's okay to imply that she slept with a teenage boy, and it's okay to imply that Ryerson touched teenage boys, but they I guess had the self-preservation to stay away from implying that an adult male teacher slept with a female teenager. Yeah. Is that uh, that's reminder the patriarch the the patriarchy also hurts men. Uh not in this show. <laughs> well then you've got fucking Jacob over there trying to uh get Rachel to show him her bra and Ryerson does nothing about it. It was just a nice, you know, a, a Me Too moment of obvious sexual harassment in a classroom between two students. Like, uh, cool. Let's just play that for laughs. Why not? Um, that part, that particular, I guess, scene reminded me um, of a video that um, I've seen on YouTube that was talking about the uh, weaponized misogyny in The Big Bang Theory. Stay with uh, me. Yeah. Stay with me. Um, but how... Uh, the the nerds in the you know Big Bang Theory are played are incredibly misogynistic, especially with how ha- in, in how they react uh, romantically and sexually with women. But it's played off as a laugh because look, they're nerds. They you know they they're doing stuff like this. They can't you know it's stupid and silly and ha ha ha. Isn't it funny? You know girls don't like them or whatever. It's like but that's really incredibly. Um, dangerous uh harass harass i mean it's it's a terrible i don't even i can't even think of the right words here but a terrible uh representation of anybody and we're supposed to be just laughing at that like it's harmless that's horrendous and that same thing with with jacob and israel it's like stuff's like haha you know he's such a you know he's such a nerd that this is all he can get it's like no but that that's horrible why why should we be showing that as a funny thing? Mm, no. But no no bueno. <laughs> no bueno. Also, exactly. over the shoulder boulder holder is only funny to teenage boys and apparently Ian Brennan. So pretty much. Although I could see Ryan Murphy finding it funny too. Could be. My bar with him is very low. It's on the ground. And yet he still goes under it. <laughs> and yet he still finds a way to tunnel. Just tunnel right on under. <laughs> There's one thing I was thinking about with with April Rhodes is I'd like to know who in Murphy's past does she represent? Because we were talking about how <laughs> she's basically Rachel in 15, 20 years if Rachel doesn't get her shit together. But Murphy pulls from his real life. Who who is April? Who is she? Or this I guess very it would require us to do a lot more research on Ryan Murphy, the person, which I don't know where I really want to do, but I do want to know. Got questions. I need answers. I can see Here, my cat definitely trying to open the door. <laughs> he wants to be on the podcast, damn it. He knows how to open doors, so he's going to try. Luckily, yeah. these handles are round, and he can only open the handles that you, like, push down. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for now, he'll learn how to open 
other kinds of door handles because he's an asshole. Evolve thumbs. Tell him that he will. <laughs> See him. Oh, yeah. See him the, uh, April Road definitely represents Rachel, especially in a couple years, and and Shu represents Finn. Which I guess does that mean Terry represents Quinn? Oh, I, I with the baby like comparisons, I, I think that's supposed to be it, or at least would have been if Brian Murphy were capable of sticking to any character trajectory at all, instead of just changing his mind from episode to episode. Yeah. Kidding. Kidding. I need somebody to be a homophobic asshole this episode. Let the dartboard says yeah, this. He spins a wheel with their photos on it. Whatever <laughs> one it lands on. Wheel of today. morality. Turn, turn, turn. Wheel of morality. Oh. I mean, at least we got Christian Chenna with singing. Yeah, we did. Even if, she, kinda, even if she was singing as April Rhodes, which I thought was a nice bit of character. Like, this is obviously not Christian Chenoweth's pop skill. This is her doing it as, like, a sad drunk, and I love it. Yeah. I mean, music does consistently, like, end up being the one thing Glee kind of does right. Yeah. Uh, most, uh, yeah. most of the time. Yeah, most of the time. There are fuck-ups. <laughs> Um, Not in this episode. I, I this was fine. I, was, I, I will watch Kristen Chenoweth in just about anything. Even her playing a really weird drunk in the middle of an old drunk in the middle of a teenage glee club. Yeah, no, I'll watch it because I love her. Um, especially wearing, you know, gold, uh, pink and like gold sparkle fringe. I'd like to have that in my closet, to be honest. You know, I reasons. think I would have liked April more if she was, you know, your your drunk aunt and not the sad woman sitting on the curb in front of uh, a broken dream, you know? Yeah. Like, that's just sad. <laughs> and we, we, if she, she, was ever... a little, she was a little bit more drunken, older Holly Holiday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not quite enough empathy yeah. in the character there. And a little too much having sex with teenage boys. A little too much of that. And, you know, we getting... Oh, we missed, though, from earlier, but it's apparently okay for an older woman to give a teenage boy a ton of alcohol. But if Shu were giving, you know, Quinn a bunch of alcohol, rut row. Poor Kurt can puke in the hallway, and that's fine. The, do you think it's... It's a great because scene. But... A because it's like, oh, he's gay. Clearly, she's not trying to get into his pants. Not that he needed it, or not that she needed to get into his pants. She just, you know, got into pucks. <sighs> You're just giving up on it. Just give up. I mean, um, the Bambi line is classic, and I'm glad that it exists. But the morality behind it and the questionable ethics. It's Glee. It's fine. I also, I also feel like pointing out that it's Glee does uh, after-school special episodes uh, frequently, and do i in my thought they do them too over the top they instead of being like hey this is actually a a useful representation of what you know alcoholism may be like or what you know teenage you know alcoholism may be like they just go so over the top that people that one for comedic effect but i sort of feel like that isn't always their point 
I mean, later they do a lot of episodes that are after school special esque that I don't feel have any, you know, any basis in comedy. And I'm thinking specifically of the the school shooter. Like God, yeah. that was way over the top, but that was definitely not played for comedy. Um, so I'm never quite sure how how legit they're trying to portray, you, you know, these learning lessons. Like, were they trying to make, you know, April so ridiculous that you have absolutely no ability to connect to her? Because like, oh, wow, I don't know anybody like that. While meanwhile, a lot of us all know people that have, you know, issues that they're dealing with. So it's, 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 an, it's an argument and something I always go back and forth on. Were they trying to do this or were they not? And you never really know with this show because they never fucking have any consistency. Yeah, you just never know. This so it's like, April seems yeah. just like a joke to me. April seems like Murphy and Brennan and those guys thinking, we've got Christian Chenoweth, let's just make her crazy and wild and fun. And it seems fun for them, for her to tell, you know, the girls how to steal things between their knees. And it's fun uh, to give a, a kid his first drink and puke all over the floor. And it's fun to do these things. And I, I don't think in this instance it was a, a thought of what what does happen when you to a dream deferred kind of thing. I don't think they were reaching for a moral message on this one. I think it was just, we've got a world-class uh, Broadway star. Let's throw under some weird circumstances and see what happens. That also adds a whole other uh, thing that drives me bonkers and happens here, but, you know, also in season one, other times in other seasons, when they get these amazing, amazing guest stars and do one-off ridiculous things with them and they're never seen again. Yeah. Kristen Chenoweth is amazing. You couldn't, I mean, why, why couldn't we get April coming back at some other point? You know, maybe she's been rehabilitated. Maybe she's got help. Maybe she's not. Just it's like a show that has that relies on singing and dancing and very Broadway esque. They burn through some amazing guest stars and you never see them again, and it makes no. me sad. Neil Patrick Harris. I won't mention the other one; it'll make Emily sad. She, I know. <laughs> Cooper, she does come back. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna, I was going to say she does have another episode, doesn't she? She does. I honestly have no memory of it. I'm just remembering that what? it's it's in like yeah. the fifth season, and it, I just remember that she, that that Holly and April are both yeah. in the same episode. But like again, okay, I, I do. I, like, I legit did not remember that. <laughs> That's why we're doing a rewatch. Yeah. <laughs> like I can't tell you what happens in the episode. I just have a memory of a really bad haircut and. <laughs> Uh, that they're underutilized yet again because there's like too many guest stars in the episode. But My point still stands. She could have been used more in other been. times, but I did not remember that. And Clearly, I, if you didn't even remember her coming back, that just proves yeah. she's underutilized. Sure. Accurate, yeah. I think she would have been fun as like a rival glee coach. Like a rival... Oh, yeah. You know? I mean... She gets sober. She decides to go after Shu. <laughs> gonna take him down or like she plays sue's sister oh that would have been good you know <sighs> tiny tiny christian chenoweth next to 
next to tall Jane Lynch. And Jane Lynch and Sue Sylvester are every bit, I will kill you, I am somber, I am incredibly serious. And Kristen Chenoweth's April Rhodes as just giggly, but also going to kill you in a different way. Yeah, yeah. But in gold, sparkly LeBay. <laughs> and they team up and they take Shu down and replace him with somebody else. And then the show continues without him. Meanwhile, they take Terry out to drink and say, <laughs> girl, we need to talk. We need to talk. There we so go. I mean, I'm here for this. It's as logical as the rest of Glee, so... It's fine. Yeah, it's hard to say that anything wouldn't work. (laughs) That doesn't make sense. Perfect. Put it in. That doesn't work because we did something different with this person before. Meh. That's cool. I don't care. It's, uh, you know, it's Glee's fuck it logic. Where it just doesn't matter. They just do it or don't do it and keep writing and who cares about any sort of internal logic. Which, that was my question to you guys before we started, is, and I guess to anyone listening, is the fuck it logic good or bad for this type of TV show? Does it help that they make no attempt to really stick to a an internal logic and structure and continuity, aka Junior Blaine? Or does it harm, like irreparably harm the show that there's nothing that sticks? Their characterizations don't stick. Um... It, nothing sticks and nothing really makes sense a 30 year old woman comes back to high school and it's fine and in this in this season they have to do an invitationals before regionals but next time there is no invitationals because fuck it i think that the fuck it attitude would have felt like it added more if there were some sort of like moral consistency with it mm-hmm the fact, like, the thing that bothers me most is that they take the fuck it attitude with what are serious issues and what aren't. I, I don't really care if a show wants to, like, make invitationals one year and then it disappears the next year. But one character being, like, I don't know, like, a, a rape storyline being taken very, very seriously in the next episode, characters joking about rape. Yeah. That kind of fuck it attitude, I'm like, no, that doesn't work. Yeah, when it means you don't know what a character will do in any particular episode. Yeah, or like transphobic jokes, and then a season or two later, there's a serious story about a like trans character. Like, you know, you need to pick a pick a like moral boundary, and then the logic can have fucking applied to it. Yeah. My my thought. I mean, I I will agree on the (laughs) consistency would be good. Um, I think you need to have, there needs to be, there needs to be some facts that remain consistent in a universe, whether that is your moral facts or like a, you know, particular um, character facts, like this person is this, this person is that. Um, There needs to be something that remains consistent. And then you can kind and, and then you can kind of go crazy as fuck with it um two of my favorite shows uh community and farscape for the five farscape fans still out there on tumblr um we're both very heavy on the let's do really crazy fucking shit i mean one of them had um muppet 
male empreg, but it worked within their universe that they had established. Was it insane? Yeah, it was. And I mean, the nether in the community went and did and had one of their one of their characters full on went dictator and shut down the entire school and they had paintball fights within but it worked within their established you know universe and they played within the rules that they had you know already created none of the characters and none of their you know what you knew about them was overthrown even though what was happening was insane so it's like you can do insane crazy shit you just have to keep something something must be maintained the morals must be maintained certain character traits must be maintained and then you then you can go crazy with it but to just say fuck it i don't care about anything you're left going i can't i don't know if this is one uh are you doing this on purpose is this is there any reason to this why are we why do, why should i care that this character or this arc is happening and then you also end up having uh i think a lot of the drama that happened with clean mm-hmm. um and people being you know worried about clean and, and like oh god what's going to happen with them came as a result of the writers do not like you can't trust the writers you can't trust the story because you have you have no you don't know what they're going to do because they don't you know they have not they don't maintain anything yeah. So that was a very long-winded answer to basically agree with both of you. <laughs> I mean, yes, indeed. If and if anybody disagrees with our thoughts, let us know why, because I would love to hear the argument that you can play, you know, fuck it rules, and it's fine. Um, I'd love to hear that argument. I, for, for what it's worth, I will disagree with you. But I'd still like to hear it. Mm. I mean, it, it is the difference between fuck it, Rachel's parents are now played by two totally different people, and fuck it, our characters have different ages and different responses to um, situations that they would have had pr- previously. There's There are lines of what you can get away with or should be able to get away with. And it's yeah, not the I kind of I show. Don't. It just doesn't yeah I, say, I don't think anybody anybody is going to sit here and say you know what they changed rachel's parents and that threw me out completely right cool you changed them it's sad because yeah. i liked i liked uh you know having having you know their her original parents but i'm not going to say that threw me out but mm-hmm. saying hey finn's fine with kurt being gay oh no finn's homophobic oh no kid finn's fine with it oh no he's not that that's a problem. It's something major. Yeah. yeah. And it's not treated like a young man trying to figure out the world and the different people in it and the moral story of coming to terms with your stepbrother, yada, yada, yada. It's what's this episode's uh, needs and who will fulfill them? That wheel of morality. Wheel of morality. Who's learning today's lesson? Today it's Quinn. Will there even be a lesson or do we just want cheap laughs? Yeah, and sometimes it's just cheap laughs. Yeah, you can't can't talk about about... (laughs) uh, Mandy, your point that you can't you can't be making cheap laughs at something and then three, four episodes later be like, we're going to do a serious episode 
about this thing. It's like, well, no, you literally just made fun of it. Nobody's nobody trusts you or believes you. Also thinking Maybe of like say trust no one, perhaps. <laughs> Speaking of uh, a show that has no internal logic. No internal logic, but I'm far more forgiving of it at times. I am too. Because it's not even pretending. Uh, it doesn't. Also, also, it ha this is this is a this is a wormhole. I'm so sorry. Um a couple like a week and a half, two weeks ago, they uh were playing like on Twitter, they were playing um We're talking about the X Files, by the way, if you don't get the reference to trust no one we're talking about the x-files i i naturally assumed everybody should know what that reference was and if you didn't get the fuck out i'm sorry <laughs> i'm sorry i just have to turn this podcast off now uh but no they david decovey tweets out just this random link and twitter was live broadcasting a bunch of random episodes like i mean they were like oh, yeah. some of the better ones but like it was like, okay. So Mandy and I were watching, and, um, oh, crap. The one uh, with Mugatu, not Mugatu, the Great Mugatu? Oh, the Great Mutato. Mutato, thank you. That makes more sense. One of my favorite episodes, and as we're watching it, I'm just like, oh, this, this episode's really bad. Wow, okay. This is, yeah. this is not, I don't remember it being as bad as it, as it is in this in this. Yeah, this episode. Wow, holy shit. Okay. The X-Files definitely has some episodes with some questionable consent problems. Yeah, and that yeah. was one of them. The moral of that story was, hey, you had, you were, you know, had majorly violated and you didn't end up having a mutated child from it. But it's okay, because he just was lonely. He and everybody was fine. And realizing that, Rewatching it was like, oh shit. <laughs> another uh, another culprit in that in the X Files is Small Potatoes, where the guy can make himself look like other characters and has mm -hmm. been basically impregnating all the town's women. You're just like, this is yeah. this, what? I thought this was ten years ago. I was like, huh, funny. Now I'm like, oh, what the fuck? Be better X Files so... for twenty year old episodes. I mean, yeah, the new season two has that problem. Sometimes your faves are problematic. Yes. Yeah. It does happen. Uh, speaking of faves being problematic. Yeah. Bad guy Finn Hudson. I'm assuming that's <laughs> uh, where you were going. It's it, That was totally where I was going. Okay. Good. Um, yeah. yeah I, had a, I had a big problem. And Finn is not my favorite character anyway. But like, he's a, I like him for the most part. Uh, but in this episode, I was I was really disappointed in Finn. Yeah, his purposeful treatment of Rachel was so shitty and so manipulative, and not it wasn't played for laughs, but it was definitely played like he was doing the right thing, trying to get her to come back to the Glee Club. But the way he was doing it was so inappropriate and so so mean to her he knows she has a crush on him and everything he is doing is purposefully leading her on in a way that can only be taken as flirting and it's terrible i mean it it is setting him up to to be eventually shoe in the future yeah 
because she was also kind of using Kristen Chenoweth. Like their motivations are a little bit different, but it still comes down to that. I want to use this person to benefit myself. And also I like this person. So I'm going to ignore everything else in my general life situation that says, this is not what I need to focus on and just focus on using this person instead. Yeah. To, to win like a singing competition. Mm Mm-hmm. And then the fact that Rachel, again, she flip-flops, and it's where I really start to not like her as a character. But she has these speeches about um, being the star, and sometimes that means people don't like you, and you do what's best for you, and all this kind of stuff. And then she still quits the play, or the musical, really, for Mm -hmm. Finn. And she she pretty much just says it, I'll come back for you. Like, that... That just erases all of those steps she just took. And I get it on a on an emotional maturity level where she is, what, 15, 16 years old, and those are the bad decisions that 15 and 16-year-olds make. But mm-hmm. it's a TV show, and if you're trying to impart a lesson, the lesson you should be imparting is don't quit things that you're working on for somebody else, especially a boy. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Like, if you're looking at it from her perspective, it's understandable. But the fact that the show makes it seem like she did the right thing is so frustrating. And it's just episode to episode. um, And it's also, they've set Rachel up as, I'm, I'm, I'm all about my career. This is what I'm focused on. This is, this is me. This is her thing. Who you know she wants to be a star. That's what she wants more than anything. And then again, as you said, while from an emotional maturity level of a 15, 16 year old, you're like, yeah, no, that makes sense. From a um, for me, from a perspective of no, you've literally set up the the Rachel's defining character is that she's super into, you know, uh, furthering herself in her future career, and she's like, no, I'm gonna give up this thing that I have full artistic control over to come back for a boy. I'm like, to me, that's just like, okay. Yeah. And then she has, she has a really great line that says, my dreams are bigger than that. And they're bigger than you, which is a fantastic line, but it doesn't mean Mm -hmm. anything when she constantly goes back and forth on it. You don't, it doesn't, that line doesn't mean jack shit to her character because she doesn't actually stick to it. Yeah. I mean, so it, it it also comes back to where I, I start to dislike her because it's like, it's not, you're not, she's not actually my career and myself and my voice over everything. It's like over select things, mm-hmm. which is mostly other people when I want something. Yeah. So it's like, if, if she really was, no, I, my dreams are bigger than you always, at least I can respect that. Yeah. And it may make you not like her, but then at least she is sticking to her guns, and she doesn't. I will. I will always respect the female hustle. I just right. not when it's you know, you know played out. It's like yeah, but only when I get something over somebody else, right. or when it's convenient for me. I mean the the show. This is jumping far, far ahead, but the show couldn't even let Rachel's success be her happy ending when you remove Finn from the equation. Like, as much as I love 
I'm not gonna say I love Jesse St. James, but as much as uh, I love the actor behind him, like uh, they they still had to shoehorn him back in to give Rachel a romantic ending. Yeah. Uh, Even though I think it would have been extremely fitting for how the show started if the actual series had ended on Rachel's happy ending being success. Yeah. Not to mention, let's. I'm just gonna continue from from this jumping to the to the end, but the ending they wanted to have would have made no sense, which was her coming back to Ohio and Finn. Right. When you set up, I mean, you said, I, mm. yeah. <laughs> that noise sums up the entire last season of Glee. And Berry coming they, back I, to Ohio would have been a disastrous ending. Yeah, it just, it's not, it's not what the show was set up about for like go be be a star be somebody leave and i mean maybe you can argue that no but the point was she loved him so much she wanted to come back it's like well but that's not that's not what you were setting up you were setting up her for her the thing what made her happiest was she wanted to succeed on broadway and sing and you're saying you want her to be less happy so she could be with finn in ohio doesn't seem right i I feel like Finn would be like, no, I don't want you here. I want you there because that's what you've always, that's what you've wanted. So anyway. Yeah. No, I yeah. agree. But, you know, it's Glee and they spun the wheel and they ended up on <laughs> Jesse St. James again. Yeah. Back Pretty to much. that bucket logic. Yeah. And, and back to the, you need to have some truths that bound your universe or you've got nothing. Yeah. And if one of those truths is Rachel, above all else, wants to be a star and will do what she need what what she can to fulfill that, you cannot knee that in the balls because you want to do something else. I also think it's a great message for girls. We're gonna continue with right. Huh? I was just gonna say I think it's also a better message for girls watching the show of pursue your fucking dreams. You're fine, you can do it. It's yeah. hard and it takes time, not glee time, because that was, she's 12 going on Broadway, but it it takes time, but you can do it, is a much better message than what we end up with. Your I dreams think. are bigger than a dude. Yes, ladies. Your dreams are always bigger than a dude. That's like, and that should have been the moral of the episode, because like April's big thing is that she like, what, hitched her wagon to the wrong train or whatever yeah Yeah, um and like the point that april like could have been making if they wanted the good moral episode is that she could have been a star but she sacrificed what she wanted for a guy and that's where it ended up and instead we have that being her storyline at the same time rachel doing the exact same thing giving up a better opportunity for a guy for a guy who is actively lying to her yeah, and I know she doesn't know that until the very end of the episode. We know it. Yeah, and in Rachel's is played as a positive thing, like her going following Finn is supposed to be a positive thing, and it's and whereas if they were doing you know with Manny with what you're saying, they could at least make it be you know problematic, show that it was problematic. I mean, it would have been a great chance for like. April and Rachel to have a sit down conversation where like April's trying to impart her knowledge and Rachel is, you know, just not listening and being a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then when she finds out Finn lies, realizes, you know what? April's goddamn right. Yeah. I'm going to, if I come back to Glee, it's on my own terms and fuck you, Finn. Maybe I won't come until I come back until I'm done with the cabaret. I'm not going to come when you want me to. Also, Rachel just keeps ditching on things she's committed to. She joins Glee. She ditches Glee for cabaret. She ditches cabaret for Glee. And then at the end, walks out of Glee again when she finds out that Quinn is pregnant and they think it's Finn's. Doesn't really again. This is like it's not an it's not that important to what else is going on, but it is one of those character problems of. So she's really, really committed to being a star, but not doing the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds about accurate. Yeah. She thinks that her presence should immediately make her the star and doesn't react well when that's not the case. And then at the end, when April can't finish the invitationals, Rachel comes in all contrite and all meek, saying blah, 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 understudies, going on for the star. And gosh darn it, hasn't she learned her lesson, but she still gets to be the lead in the performance. It's not like she steps in to fill a background spot while Mercedes rightfully steps up because she's been at rehearsal these whole goddamn time and knows her part. But it's still fine for Rachel to walk back in, take the lead in a tailored shirt where I'm not sure where she would have gotten a costume and she wasn't in the club this whole time. And that's fuck it logic that I would have been like, shrug, that's fine if if other things made sense. If if all else were equal, a tailored shirt for a performance she wasn't a part of is fine. In this episode, it was just another like, yeah. really? And and she has a costume. Cool. Yeah. We're talking about Rachel Berry has backup costumes for all productions she's not in, just in case. At all times. You know, just in case she needs to be called on at all times. Um, and I would have fucking loved the, Mercedes the being in this. Oh, it would have been amazing. I'm like, There's why isn't the next? Is I was gonna say, like, why isn't the next storyline? Hey, Mercedes been working really hard while Rachel's flitting in and out. Let's give her a shot because she's proving that she's dedicated to this. But no. Yeah, it's it's that definitely. Another... Go ahead. Okay, I say that that's part of the the issue I have with with Rachel. Um, one, she has no consistent characterization but also the going back the going back and forth of you know she's can be relied on she knows she can she's gonna do this she's gonna do that it's me when it's convenient and it's like that's that's what you know you have here and while on one hand i can believe that a 15 16 year old is uh who is an only child whose parents built up in the basement is totally self-centered and is all about I get to do what I want when I want it. I want as as a viewer, I want her to learn a lesson. I yeah. want her to learn like you can't leave and then come back and have it be all okay. I mean, even in the even in the show, you have people in the club saying we can't win without Rachel. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? Have you heard Mercedes sing? Yeah. You're fine. And so if her character is con- consistently does things that is just like, no, you can't do that. That's not how, that's not how things, that's not fair. Yeah. And as an audience member, 
to be able to like her. I need things to be fair. I need her to learn the lesson of you can't leave and come back and have everything handed to you. And if she doesn't learn that and apply it, then I can't, I can't like her. And she doesn't continually hand it, hand it back to her. But it's glee. Pocket logic. Pocket logic. And I mean, we were talking earlier how I could, I could, I could believe the Glee Club saying we need Rachel to win if Rachel was Rachel and everybody else danced like Finn and sounded like Sugar. Right. In which case, I'd be like, yeah, you can, you need Rachel to win, but you have an incredibly talented Glee Club. You don't need one female voice, like one decent, you know, decent voice. But you, yeah. you've got like three of them. You've got other people in this club. Or yeah. have you forgotten them? Santana, Mercedes, all have amazing voices. I feel like Mr. Shu takes people on a field trip and then leaves half of them behind because he's forgotten that they're in his class. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's the reason there's room in his Spanish class, is that he took them somewhere and just left behind four of them. Is that what happened to Matt Rutherford? That is what happens to Matt Rutherford, is they end up going to that theme park, and he gets stuck stuck on the top of, like, a carousel, and that's the end of it. And meanwhile, he's just like, sure? Or Matt Rutherford took the opportunity to slowly walk away and never look back. I mean, I would hope it's that one. He, he He looked at Mercedes. Uh, he he looked at like Artie. He yeah. realized that being thin, pretty, and white or white presenting was the only way to get a lead role, and was just like, "Fuck it, I'm done." And he just like flicked a cigarette and walked off into the sunset. Yeah, pretty much. As Kendrick and, Lamar and, and like he flicked background. a cigarette, and it, he walked off into the sunset. There was behind him a massive car explosion. He put on a pair of sunglasses. And just kept swaggering on. And said, let's ride. I'm, I'm fine with this, actually. If that's how his story ends, then cool. We'll worry that it's yeah. not. But... Okay with that. Um, yeah. I mean, it's not a big point. I just think that this episode is a nice... Well, so, you know, American Crime Story, the assassination of Versace debuted uh, last week. Mm-hmm. And somehow that happened. The t- that happened. And somehow the timing worked out where this episode apparently was the genesis of American Crime Story Versace with the line about two weeks later, Versace was dead. And I feel like, roll with me, maybe Mm -hmm. Murphy planted this idea this long ago and really just has been building up all along his cinematic universe. And we we just never figured it out. We just never realized what a genius he was planting these seeds so far back. If if that is the case, then I can't wait to see where Kurt and Russia end up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I'm gonna be really, really excited for it. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'll I'll be waiting. Can I also add that I completely I completely forgot that Ricky Martin was also in yeah. um until we sat down to film but record this episode um i i like watching versace i completely forgot ricky martin was had worked with ryan murphy before yep they all have i'm telling you it's the start this is this is where it all this is the genesis this is where where it all comes from just laying that that laying that groundwork 
Lee is also the start of that uh, insane asylum horror story. <laughs> leave that yeah, <laughs> it is. I wonder, you know, he just got that idea out of nowhere. Just came yeah, but, to it, him. but it all started in Glee. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it just started. Now he was on set one day and they just overheard maybe someone talking about it. Yeah, yeah. And just started, you know, going, hmm, that sounds like an idea. Just Let's just see what I can do with that. Let it just let it percolate in his little brain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My frustration that this man knows no bounds. <laughs> That's a different podcast. <laughs> I There'll hate be a hate podcast. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> just an episode dedicated to all the things that we hate. Oh my god. That would take so many hours to to record. Um, I don't have the emotional energy for that. <laughs> we would really need to be drinking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. At some point, we'll all have to sit down, drink a lot, and then it'll just be a bitch session, and we can just record it, and it'll be like, it'll be a, a special edition pod. Yeah. But uh, back to back to this particular Murphy extravaganza. Um, the one of the things I, I quite enjoyed in this episode is I enjoyed Kurt a lot. I enjoy, I, I don't think you're going to find me say, hey, I didn't like Kurt this episode. Um, actually, I'll, I take I'll that cover back. That. I, there are a few episodes I do, I do say that. But for a while, it'll take a while. Yeah, um, I will. But right now, he's still like the baby with his hair down, oh, like swooping to the side. And it's, you know, baby fat on his cheeks and he looks like he's 12. Um, but also, like, we get to see a, a sort of a, not a physical manifestation, but after April, you know, gets him drunk, she also gives him, like, gay porn magazines. Yeah. I loved, in a weird way, like, that it's, like, you, treating it as if you would give a guy, like, Victoria's Secret or not just Victoria's Secret, but, like, you know, Playboy or whatever. Um, I, I did kind of like that. I thought it was dumb and silly, but in a in a fairly good way what's the casual and you can acceptance see, yes thank you exactly a, a casual acceptance of hey you're gay you might like this yeah <laughs> have fun with it and it was just and his and just like oh my god because <laughs> he's he's a baby gay so at that time um but i did i did really enjoy that this is the kind of there like, i found something i liked the subtle <laughs> kind of things that I wish happened in the shore mo- uh, more often of just these subtle moments of acceptance or I mean I guess it could go the other way of moments of hate but mm-hmm. you don't need to bash people over the head with being gay is okay if you can layer in moments of one especially an older character not saying it outright but just treating one of the queer characters the same way they would treat any anyone else yeah exactly you don't have to do you don't have to make that overt comment because it's a smarter way show don't tell show don't tell tell. slightly different than ask don't tell yeah don't do that either (laughs) don't do that either there's room room for the the very special episode about acceptance but you have to uphold that with other smaller moments. You can't just have the incredible Bert mm-hmm. Bert scene and then nothing else. Exactly. To make to make that that special you know episode resonate, you need to actually have a con- you know continued back it up, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. 
um, though this does also bring to mind a thought I had previously. Um, you see the background quiet, you know, acceptance moments. I was thinking earlier when we were when we were talking, is there a positive female character on this show? Um, like a role model or any character? Like a like a positive role model because I feel like they're try they try to make Shu and Finn into positive male role model kind of characters or not or Shu being the role model but Finn being a positive male character, um, mm-hmm. but they continually in my thought do a disservice to their female characters to always make none of them actually coming out looking positive because they all have some major flaws um sarah jessica parker (laughs) yes that's that's all i can come up with isabel 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 wins i'm good with that episode and a half that she was in um yeah just lives on it's kind of the really the only one she's smart and sophisticated and tough and is willing to give Kurt a shot but isn't willing to baby him and put up with his shit but she imparts some important pearls of wisdom and then disappears into the nether regions of glee special guest members and is never seen again after also giving us the setup to one of the the great confusing lines of glee oh my god i forgot about that which uh, haunts me to this day when that episode comes around we may have to set up an entire separate episode just for that line we can get people to write in what they think it means yeah i i just think about it when i can't sleep in the dark of the night i think why in the dark of the night like uh, the whole thanks darren like i don't even i don't the whole thing i don't understand and i just it doesn't we should talk about there's no this episode doesn't happen for like three more seasons so we really shouldn't start talking about it now but i agree that isabel is one of the few positive female characters um and i guess um oh my god i've just blanked on their names patty and uh two 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 lesbians yeah Yeah. my god I think it is an example of characters who were able to be good, positive role models because their screen time was so brief right. that there were limited opportunity to ruin them. Yes, limited opportunity to ruin them. Of the the long-running characters, Emma tries the hardest, but I, she almost has no impact in the end. You don't really see what she really... Um, what she really does for the the glee club she tries and the writers especially in the beginning try give her time with the the glee club to talk one-on-one she has her little sessions but her advice is is weird sometimes but she's not she's not malicious i guess is a positive yeah well i feel like um she's used like she's more just like a shoe enabler like she doesn't she has no impact. Yeah, she has no impact. All she does is affect and push Will's agenda, mm-hmm. but no real anything else. So it's like, yeah, she's positive in the sense that she's not negative, but like, is she, but does that really just by not being negative positive, or that just mean you're just nothing? Which is mm-hmm. how I kind of feel with her, which is like, well, you're not terrible. 
And it, you know, it doesn't help that she's making her own sets of bad decisions by, by also flirting with a married man who's having what they think is a baby. Exactly. Exactly. She knows it's, she's not, she's complicit in what may or may not turn into an affair. She's not unaware of Shu's marriage. And you might think his wife is insane and ridiculous and over the top, but it's not, it's not for you to, you know, not you, you don't do that. Come on. You know better. Yeah. Let's go. She's at least trying to do it for a good reason. Maybe, I guess. Question mark. Let's go. So the answer is no. Yeah, I guess. The answer, the answer is, is no. The only, the only way we have positive female role models is because they're just not around long enough to ruin them. Okay. And I'm, I'm open to if people want to tell us who they think are positive female role models. Obviously, we don't remember everything about the show because it's been fucking forever since we've watched it, which is why we're like, re-watching it. One of us didn't even remember April Rhodes came back. Yep. So yep. I could be forgetting somebody. I mean, yeah. Um, there's there's whole storylines that I'm sure I have completely both forgotten and purposely put out of my mind. Like, so that was a thing. It's like you guys were talking about puppets on Farscape, and I thought, oh right, puppets. Fuck that episode. We did that too. <laughs> we attempted puppets too, and it was just as creepy. I don't like puppets, is what I'm saying, but that's a whole other problem. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. And even for me, I can take that kind of craziness if it's, again, if there are boundaries and rules that have been established and followed. But because by that point, there were boundaries and rules we said fuck it to, I couldn't, it's like, yeah, I mean, this is fun, but like, to what end? Yeah, what's the point? Is this just because we wanted to, like, let's just do this. This would be funny. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Even when even when Community did a claymation episode, there was a reason behind that episode being claymation. They had a legit like this is why this episode is entirely in claymation and it fit within the boundaries of the characters that we knew. I don't I mean well the, the reasoning was that there was a, a leak in the school, correct? Yeah, it's like a gas leak and Blaine has a has a vision okay. of puppets. Like okay, that's that. Th to me, that explanation is just kind of like okay, question mark. But it's cheap. It's like an easy like. Let's do a funny puppet episode because we it, apparently have, have been a budget. There was a gas leak, and he was in the bathroom after a PE episode, putting hair gel on his hair. The fumes from his hair gel, <laughs> along with the gas leak, combined to make a to to knock him out. Because they were overwhelming and gave him these really weird dreams. That would have made me laugh and I would have at least gone, yeah, okay, hair gel, Blaine. We were, were working with an established universe of facts. Yeah, but that, that's not the show. That's asking a lot from Glee. It's asking a lot, isn't it? Just too far. It's too far. And like, I don't know, this episode doesn't really, I feel like this episode doesn't really push the story forward and we're on episode five where you need to start what are we doing? What's the point? We had invitationals, but so what? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, this episode was a was a showcase of April Rhodes. Yeah. Um, I will say she got to she got to the correct um, realization that Shu never got to, which was the Glee Club is for the kids, and they should be the ones in the spotlight. 
And yeah. I don't think he ever learned that. Um, she at least figured it out in like 45 minutes. It took him how many seasons and still didn't pick it up? Um, He's still out but, there somewhere. Yeah, Mr. Chu is still out there, like thinking he helped the Glee Club and didn't. But yeah, I mean, because at the end, at the at the beginning of the episode, Rachel's not in the Glee Club. At the end of the episode, she's still not in the Glee Club. Um, we had April, but where where think, where we? I think she is in the Glee Club. She just kind of walked out of practice. But I think that okay. In the next episode, she's it. back. She's back in. So I think it, it's more that she walks out of practice because of the pregnancy thing, which is, you know, a big reveal, I guess. Um, but I yeah, she, she does like... And didn't want to be in the Glee Club again. And so maybe I mis- misunderstood or misread. <laughs> or she did. And then the next episode, she's ha- she's rejoined it in this time between. Or they just said, fuck it, it doesn't matter what she did last last week. That was last week. Yeah, that's it. Again, was... any of these could be legit because we don't fucking know with this this damn yeah damn show. So yeah, damn. I mean it's you're you're not really moving a plot. I mean you did get some movement with Quinn and the baby. Um, you did get some movement with Terry and uh, and Shu, but get him Terry, get out now. <laughs> yeah, our next our next uh, episode will be will be quite fun going into Terry. <laughs> I'd forgotten about the next episode. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> this shit happens. Uh, yeah, I like the next one because it has some of my favorite favorite songs. But uh, yeah, that's actually the thing we didn't really talk about this episode is the music. There's a brief "Don't Stop Believing" reprise yet again because they paid for that shit and they're going to use it. But God damn it, we're April. still we still not making money yet. <laughs> yeah, April singing maybe this time I love because it's Kristen. Although it is mm-hmm. Kristen singing as drunk April, which is kind of cool. That's how good of an actress she is, to be honest. She is. You almost want to be like, no fault to Leah Michelle on this one, but putting them on the same song makes certain skill levels so apparent. Mm-hmm. Yes, Leah is younger and hasn't developed the nuance, but like, you put her up against Christian Chenoweth, like, oh, okay. The reason one of them was on Broadway for a long time. <laughs> and was invited and back. Not to pick it. And one of them gets hired uh, for other shows. Did uh, did you guys have like particular songs that were your favorites? I mean, I just like maybe this time as a song. It's a good song. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually think Alone is kind of fun. Uh, I'm not sure if this performance of Somebody to Love is better or worse than the one from Ella Enchanted. So I guess that's a matter of opinion. I, I actually, I don't know if this counts as like a full on song for the episode, but the very beginning made me realize that Finn and Quinn doing Don't Stop Believing is actually not that bad if they're supposed yeah. to be a high school like show choir. Like that would have actually not been so horrible. Yeah, no, they're fine. Yeah. yeah. So they don't need I mean, Rachel, that's what we're saying. Yeah, pretty much. And they probably competing against average, normal Show choirs would, would do well. Yeah, that was something we were talking about earlier, is the uh, the surprising number of people in this town who are professionally trained singers in a glee club. Little did we know that in the middle of nowhere, Ohio, is where all of the amazing singers live and are trained. <laughs> they, they have time for glee club, who knew? Um, I, I don't know that I enjoy like any particular song 
more than any. I enjoyed last name in the sense that I found the camp ridiculous. Yeah, and Kurt trying to do like a a cowboy dance was amusing as fuck to me. Um, all of them trying to look cowboy cowboy was so fucking campy that I found it hilarious. So I liked that m- more for that than like the song aspect. Um, but I mean, all of them were good. But none of them were like, oh, that 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 moved me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I liked last I was- name. For the same reason of it was and i also felt like maybe it was the take that they used or the cut but uh-huh. you can tell well one you can tell that they're counting out the steps in their head but then you can see like at the end of it how relieved they all are that they got through the number like they're not acting for a minute wonder- it's just them like got it done i also wonder if this is this was still okay so putting a slight pin in that and going back to something uh i said at the beginning um, Somebody to Love was hailed as one of the best uh, uh, musical numbers that they've done since uh, Don't Stop Believing in the Pilot. Okay, one, we're on episode five. Right. <laughs> Two, um, as we've discussed uh, in this podcast, uh, they really haven't done a lot of orchestrated numbers. They've done a few, but they haven't done a a significant number of them like they do in later seasons where they do almost like three or four an episode so yeah it's not like there's a lot to pull from exactly so i kind of wonder pulling going back to that pin i put in your your comment i wonder if that was one of like there's yes they're still counting out the steps in their head because while they may have had a glee like an actual glee booty camp to um (laughs) <laughs> like prepare themselves for what they needed to do for this show it's probably still in the beginning they're probably still learning to pick up these dance moves yeah super fast so yeah they've not done many of them and i bet you anything that is exactly what they were doing they're counting the steps because they haven't figured this out yet and that's adorable which i think is quite quite you know sweet in a way yeah it's adorable and it's a nice you know can believe for a moment that everything's going to be fine in this show. Uh, just a moment. Um, so on a on a scale of one to five, Kevin's how many how many Kevin's do we rate this episode? Oh, I mean, maybe because again. as a reminder to anybody, we are a Kevin McHale fan podcast <laughs> in disguise as a Glee Rewind podcast. Exactly, we are here uh, for Kevin McHale and for Artie. I feel like it's maybe again only half a half a Kevin because Artie gets like two seconds in one of the songs in the wheelchair and then he gets uh, a quick shot of him playing guitar. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh definitely subpar Kevin content in this episode. Yeah, yeah I was not I was not aware of how Kevin deficient we were here at the beginning of the of these uh, of this show, but we are we are severely Kevin deficient. Kevin deficient. Yep. We also recognize that going forward there will be times when Artie is a dick. Oh yeah, yeah. That Which that has no bearing on how we feel about Kevin McHale. Yeah, just sympathy to Kevin for having to act through horrible Ryan Murphy dictated storylines. Yeah. We're aware of what's coming. Thank you. And if Kevin would like to come on and discuss his thoughts 
on having to play Artie in these roles. We're happy to hear him um, talk about them. Yeah, if you'd like to explain some of the, the choices, maybe some background information about the writing process, perhaps. Talk about how fucked up it is that you're not the one on American crime story now. Yep, yep. You know, just a few a few uh, insider tips, tips. Just a casual <laughs> suggestion. Just, just throwing that out there into the universe. Murphy, you're also welcome. But, you know, meh. Eh, eh. <laughs> eh. That's the sound right, of so we, how we, I feel we, about it. Yeah. Sound of our indifference to that. Yeah. Meh. I have a lot of questions for Murphy. I admittedly need Veritaserum to get through them. Uh, yeah, he's not going to tell the truth. I'm I'm just imagining him re-scripting how the actual show went in his mind and just like committing to that. Yeah, for sure. I 100% believe he would just tell you a whole series of lies and be like, and that's how it happened. Like, uh, no. He's like, that didn't happen. And you're like, but I'm literally, I'm watching it. No, it didn't happen that way. But like, right? <laughs> Murphy, we have the receipts. Like, that didn't, no. Oh, all right. Murphy Never. would gaslight us all. He would. <sighs> okay. So it rank, we rank it half a Kevin. Uh, yeah. Let's see. We've taken a journey talking about, uh, talking about Finn. We've talked about how horrible. Is that an accidental pun is. about journey or not? It wasn't, oh, well. but we're going to pretend it was. Okay. Cool. Um, you know, but yeah, and then we discussed, we discussed April and, and how she's totally Rachel in a couple of years if she doesn't commit to the fact that her dreams are bigger than dudes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we realized our podcast is brought to you by Militant Feminism. Yep. Uh, militant Feminism, your dreams are bigger than dudes. Yes. And we went into an X-Files uh, wormhole. Yep. And uh, we also we discussed it. how uh, we did we did escape it and discussed uh, how not having any rules and going with the fuck it logic basically makes this show worse in the long run, even if it lets you do anything you want in the short run. Yes, basically. Any any other pressing topics? Any other threads that we left hanging? Probably. Oh, that's yeah. okay. That's just in the spirit of glee. Yeah. Are they never going to address that? No, no, we're not. We're going to move on. But you didn't talk about... Yeah, I know. But you never gave us an answer on... Nope, nope, moving on. All right. I think that's that's it. Next next week is vitamin D, so that'll be fun. Everybody, please take your speed. Just kidding. (laughs) Please don't. Don't do that. Some of us prefer downers. I mean, take take the uh, take the medication with which you are you know you would like to have I guess <laughs> uppers or downers in whatever don't. form is legally allowed in your state. Yes, and uh, that's what you missed on Glee. <laughs> At Farmers Insurance, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Whether it's a rear end by a clown car, <laughs> or a grizzly taking a quick dip in a pool. 
We know home and auto insurance, and we know you could save an average of 20% when you bundle the two. Visit Farmers.com or call 1-800-FARMERS to get a quote today. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Reported 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. At Farmers Insurance, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Whether it's a rear end by a clown car. <laughs> or a grizzly taking a quick dip in a pool. We know home and auto insurance. And we know you could save an average of 20% when you bundle the two. Visit Farmers.com or call 1-800-FARMERS to get a quote today. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Reported 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state.